Our scripture reading is from Colossians 3, 12 through 17. Therefore, as God's choice, holy and loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Be tolerant with each other, and if someone has a complaint against anyone, forgive each other as the Lord forgave you, so forgive each other. And over all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. The peace of Christ must control your hearts, a peace into which you are called in one body. And be thankful, people. The word of Christ must live in you richly. Teach and warn each other with all wisdom by singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Whatever you do, in speech or action, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus and give thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, in a few days, we're going to be launching into a new year. Is anybody ready to see 2021 in the rearview mirror? Yes. It's been a rough year, hasn't it? And um, I think we had great hopes that 2021 was going to be the end of the pandemic. That didn't really turn out as we planned. Thankfully, it's, it's lessened. Um, you know, we, we all have our own struggles. Um, I've had a back injury this year that I have not enjoyed at all, so I'm ready for it to go bye-bye. I hope that it leaves with the new year, but, you know, we all have our hopes, and some of my hopes is that we'll be living in peace with one another, and that we learn how to be patient and tolerant with one another and rid of this horrible pandemic. So there is so much in these five verses, and there's actually so much more that I could preach in a few minutes, and so y'all don't mind being here an hour or so, right? <laughs> you no, know, I'm pretty simplistic. I like to keep it down to three points, and so my first point is remember who you are. And when Paul wrote this to Colossae, he knew that they needed instruction on living like Jesus because they were all new Christians. They had just started to figure this out. But it's not just the Colossians that need the direction. It's all of us too. At least I know for sure I need the help in my life. It is our call. I didn't do that. <laughs> we had this fun at the last service. Am I, doing, am I good? Am I good? Okay, I'm going to try to be good. I'm trying really hard. Um, you know, we're all called to live a holy and loving life. Oof, okay. Switching to this one. I'll just take hold of one out of it. I only have one hand to flap around. You know, I can't, I can't talk without my hands. Anyway, it's our call to live a holy and loving life. This passage is really clear enough about what we're to do, so I'm sure these are all areas we struggle with because I know that I do. What I think the best part of this passage is, is that Paul starts off with the phrase, as God's choice, holy and loved. Isn't that a wonderful statement? As God's choice, holy and loved. That's the first thing. And when I read that, I felt like that was the most important thing for us to understand, knowing who we are in Jesus Christ. We are God's choice. 
we are holy and loved. Because God chose us. And we are called to be holy and to live in that love that he has graciously poured out. He chose us. He chose me. He chose each of you. He even chose you, Mike Oliver, down there. Is that a, that's a good thing, isn't it? Well, you sat on the front row for a reason, so I could pick on you. But, you know, he loves each and every one of us. And he's chosen those he loves, and that includes every single person on this great earth. And I know we say that a lot, because it's real easy to say it a lot. Oh, God loves you. God really does love you. And that means all his created beings, all created beings. He leaves no one out. God loves us regardless of our political stance, different cultures, different races, different beliefs, different orientations, different likes or dislikes. It does not matter in God's economy. Because if there's anything that I have learned in recent years, it's been that God's love is big enough to go around. Discrimination, biases, prejudice is not part of God's mode of operating. So for those who do not know Christ, I have confidence in my God that he gives us many, many chances to say, yes, God, I do believe. I was talking with a lady this past week or so, and she was sitting with her dying spouse. The spouse did not believe. She was terrified of what was going to happen after he passed. And my response to her was, I believe God does business with each and every soul up to the last second. So we don't know what God is saying to that person, spirit, and we don't know what their response back is. I would rather believe on the positive of God receiving and loving that person. So the first point is remember who you are. God's chosen, holy, and loved. Second point is to learn the virtues. These virtues that Paul mentions here are so important. We as people of God have so much to celebrate. In our lives, we don't have to worry about the blessings that we take for granted. I take so much for granted but we all have a roof over our heads. We all have clothes to wear because I don't see any naked people here and for that I am grateful. <laughs> if there were, we would be calling the white coats. But we have food to eat. It may not be what we want, but we have something that keeps us from going hungry or without. You know, Brad mentioned in the announcements about the food distribution that has occurred the last three months out of Lake Panasofsky. Over 2,000 people have been given food in that community. And to me, that speaks volumes about serving and loving in God's name. Giving people the basics gets them to the next place. Did you also know that this church has donated more than $70,000 to organizations through giving in the spirit that we did over the last few weeks? 
all these many organizations that help people in our community, in the region, and around the world. That's tremendous. $70,000 can go a long way. And it came from all of you. So many needs. But my point to mentioning about these virtues is in the second part of verse 12, it says, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. These virtues are clearly displayed in our giving, in our serving, and in our kindness to one another. Jesus clearly tells us in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven that you must love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. When we love God with everything we have, we cannot help but love others because that love of God pours out of us. John Wesley, the founder of the United Methodist Movement, said, we will be known by our love for God, and that is what changes us. Now, I think the hardest part of all of that is the battlefield that happens in our heads. Anybody else got problems with what happens in your head? I think it's, it's hard for us sometimes to m- separate things out and help think about things in a Jesus way. It's important for us to look at others and see Jesus in them. Now, if we truly look and see that Jesus loves that person as much as he loves me, it can certainly bring you to a humble place. Now, somebody told me in between the services, you know, Jesus sure is disguised in some people. And I was like, truth, true. But if we in our humanness can take and control that, it turns into our actions and our words, right? Our actions and our words are what show people how we feel. Now, how many of us have said things because your mouth went in gear before your brain? I feel like I'm the poster child, okay? Because most likely, as soon as I've said it, I go, whoops, that came out of my mouth. Because I'm looking around and going, is nobody else here but me? Now, many of you might be surprised by this, I'm sure, is that one of my greatest challenges as a young kid was my mouth. (laughs) It's so easy to let things fly out, and, you know, the consequences can be harsh. With my parents, I spent a lot of time in my room because my mouth overloaded my britches, as my mother would say. And as a young adult, I sadly damaged some friendships because of it. And there was nobody I could blame but me. And anything I have learned, I I have learned that I have to think before I speak. Now tell me, my I I got this this morning. One of my uh, teammates here gave me this journal. It's all blank on the inside, so it's Lots of place to write down, but the cover says things I want to say at work, but can't. 
Do they know me? Pretty much. But I still get in trouble. I do. I still get in trouble. It can be my greatest downfall if I don't pause. I have to practice the pause. Pause before I speak. Pause before I act. Pause before I lose my temper. Pause, pause, pause. Pause and remember these beautiful words, these beautiful virtues. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Gosh, I want to be that person. I want to be that person that when I'm gone and onto my reward, that that's what people say about me. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So the second point is to remember these virtues. The third is to be thankful. Why is it so difficult to be thankful? As the human race, everything we have comes from somewhere, and that credit belongs to God. We owe all who we are and all we have to a great and loving God who loves to bless his children. When I was in seminary, one of the classes required me to take one of those personality type tests. So I took the long quiz, many, 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 many questions, and out spits this report. Now, I don't know how many trees gave their life for this half a deck of paper. But here on page 43, yes, I know the page number and I have it marked with a sticky because I go back and look at it often. Feedback for component E, connecting to God through gratitude. You scored in the low range, suggesting that you are not often thankful. People with scores in this range tend to see the negative in things. For example, the glass is half empty. This can lead to feelings of bitterness, which can have a negative effect on your relationship with God and with others. This is likely a growth area for you in your spiritual life that needs some focused attention. I won't, I'll spare you the rest. That stuck with me. It really stuck with me. I was one ticked off seminarian. I was so mad. Seriously, I was hot. I was not only disappointed in the test, but I was disappointed in myself and for not realizing this sooner. As I just said to somebody a little while ago, my mama raised me better than that. But I have wanted to always be perceived as someone who is a grateful and thankful person. The survey proceeded to tell me that I had to take small steps for moving my personality towards gratitude. Have you ever moved your personality? Seriously? Me? (sighs) Goes back to that patience and gentleness and kindness, too. A few months ago, Pastor Harold challenged us to tell people when we're thankful for them and maybe take one a week, and we had 16 weeks to do that. So how many of you followed through with that challenge? 
I got excited about it at first. But it's difficult when we get busy and we get in a hurry and we forget. One thing we can do is set up a gratitude journal. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in every situation because this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Okay, so this could, in effect, be a gratitude journal if I try to not act like the cover, right? The things I want to say at work but can't. I need to put my gratitude down. It sounds a little daunting, but a gratitude journal, put it down with three things that you're grateful for every day. Three things you're grateful for. Thank you, God, that I have the things I need. Thank you, God, that your grace has not abandoned me. Thank you, God, that your mercies are new every morning. We're here on the cusp of a new year, so we have a wonderful opportunity to start fresh. I'm not going to say the word resolution, but make some commitments to yourself about starting anew with God. Three things every day you're thankful for. Put them in your phone. Put them on your tablet. If you don't want to write them down, do it that way. But I promise, whatever works for you, you will be changed by expressing thanks. So back to my survey. I might have pouted just a bit. I might have gotten caught up in the, they said I'm not grateful. Yeah, I might have worn it on my sleeve for a while, but I did take steps to improve. And I did start making it a practice to give thanks before anything else because it's so easy to dump our laundry list of wants and needs before God. But we really need to thank him first. And, you know, it'll make the other things shrink in that light of thankfulness. I like this quote from Alan Cohen. Gratitude, like faith, is a muscle. The more you use it, the stronger it grows. Gratitude and faith, they're muscles, just like my mouth, okay? If my mouth is really strong and going at it, that maybe needs to be something I take back a little and practice strengthening the muscles of my gratitude and my faith. The great prophetess Oprah Winfrey says, Be thankful for what you have, you will end up having more. If you concentrate on what you don't have, you will never, ever have enough. Pretty wise, huh? And it's true. It's so true. And one last one for Melody Beatty. Gratitude makes sense of our past, brings peace for today, and creates a vision for tomorrow. I really love this quote by Melody because... She is a person who has experienced many traumatic events in her life. If you're not familiar with her, I would encourage you to maybe have a look at some of her her books. She's written many books on codependency and on dealing with pain and recovery. Because she has had struggles with addiction and abuse. And many of you know about the ways addiction has touched our lives. 
And we practice gratitude at home, at least most of the time. Our lives can be so much richer by learning to live in the way of Jesus Christ. Maybe you won't always get the response you expect, but that should not stop us from our following Jesus. Excuse me. Ooh. <clears throat> we are always called to take the high road. Let it be us that calls on someone who is lonely. Let it be us that smiles and holds a door open for someone. Let it be us that doesn't lose our temper in traffic and make hand signals. Let it be us that looks into the eyes of everyone we meet and realize that Jesus is part of that person regardless, <coughs> excuse me, regardless of their political stance, their culture, their beliefs, their orientation, their likes, their dislikes, because I want to remind you that Jesus had supper with makers of the law, with the enforcers of the law, with women of the street, with those who suffered with a disfigurement or a disease, because there is not one person on this earth that is outside the grasp of Jesus. And I, for one, am a very grateful person that he doesn't pass me by. The other day, I was at, um, I was at the nail salon. And the lady that sat down next to me, and she was receiving um, treatment from this um, Asian-American who didn't speak a lot of English. She said she'd only been here maybe a year or two. But she's telling the lady next to me about she never practiced Christmas in her home country, but how she experienced Christian, uh, the Christmas spirit, and how she loved it, and how it made her happy, and how she wishes we could be like that all year long. Very profound statement. So for this new year, let's keep the spirit of Christ alive in each and every day. Let's pray. Holy God, we, we do celebrate your name today. We remember all the things that Jesus taught us, but sometimes we have trouble living it out. Help us to honor you every single day of this new year in our thoughts, in our words, and in our actions. Because it is in the lovely name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.